Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Craftcast. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm really good, actually. Um, you, look, you look it, may I add. Are you calling me fat? No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Come from. That's what, you look. You look great. That's what people always say. So, oh, you're looking well. You put a bit of Polite way of saying. Never say such on. thing. It's I was you, merely you, saying. Your, your eyes are luminescent. You look happy and. I am yeah. happy and I'm I'm refreshed because I've not, unlike most episodes of Craftcast, just got off a plane at Heathrow. I've actually <laughs> been home that's for a, a while. That's actually yeah. exactly what you look like. Refreshed. Yeah, Stephen, how are you? Uh, very well. Um, busy with, with studies, as always. Now, I need to check something with you, because every now and then, at Craftcast, we come across a fascinating story from one of our members hmm. around heritage, connection with Freemasonry of a family member, and we always love to receive those emails and find that out. But as it happens, recently, our very own Stephen Watley had a bit of an experience of his own. Stephen, would you like to share Indeed, uh, yeah. So uh, I got a call off of a, a past master in my university lodge. Uh, shout out to Washington brother Steve Bird. Um, I got a call from him. He's a, a big Mark man, loves his Mark masonry. Uh, and as the armourer of the lodge, uh, those who aren't masons might not know, but an armourer really looks after the welfare of, of its members. And part of that is, of, is of course, uh, keeping in touch with widows of past members. And there was this widow of, of his Mark Lodge who uh, that I visited a few times. She had a few uh, few bits of regalia uh, lying around from from her um, her husband, and uh, he went to see it and, and, and went to see all the regalia. Took some away for a donation for the Masonic Hall, and in it was this sword uh, and a really beautiful Knights Templar sword. Now I'm not in the Knights Templar, and neither was he, so he didn't really know very much about it. But had a look. Beautiful in inscriptions and engravings on it, etc., and uh, and took it home and, and it sat there for a couple of weeks, ready to to be donated. And then one day he took it out again and flipped it over and looked at the other side and engraved on there was Herbert G. Watley. And so mm. obviously, with my surname being Watley, it's not that common a name. No. He gave me a call and went, by any chance, do you have a Herbert G. Watley in, in your family? And I say, well, to be honest. Not off the top of my head, but quite plausibly, so I'll, I'll ask my dad. So I called my dad up, didn't give him the context, and just went, so do we have a Herbert G. Watley in the family? And he went, oh, that's my Uncle Harry's real name. Wow. Yeah, and I went, well, wow, uh, but, I mean, how did that happen? Because it came from America. I was told yeah. that it would come from over from America. And, you know, oh, that's easy to explain. He settled down with a, with a Canadian woman and moved over there. Wow. So it ended up going to the U.S.? Yeah being with him, and then yep. somehow, not via the family, yep. making its way coincidentally back to Staffordshire. Back to the place that I ended up going to university in. Wow. And then somehow also made its way to me through, a, through a lodge member. That is amazing. Yeah. They, so where is it now? Uh, it sat in my university halls room, uh, ready to bring home to Gibraltar. That's awesome. Well, you'll need to send us a photo. Yes, mm, I will. Yeah, definitely. Sort. Well, no, thanks for sharing that, Stephen. Moving on. We are delighted today to once again be talking about the Members Pathway, and we are being joined today by Chris Hurst, who is the Project Manager for the Members Pathway. And Chris joined us in Season 1 with Stephen Varley and with Ian Copestake, and we are just again getting together to talk about the Members Pathway, but more importantly, how you as Freemasons can use it to the benefit of your lodge and to yourself. So... Shall we get into it? Let's go. Let's do it. 
We've obviously already spoken uh, about the members' pathway on Craftcast. Obviously, you were kind enough uh, to come on in season one with the assistant grandmaster Stephen Varley and the French grandmaster of Derbyshire in Copestake to talk about the members' pathway and its impact and whatnot. But I think we just felt because of the importance of the members' pathway, particularly to the strategy and the future success of the organisation, it was worth revisiting. And I think there's so much more for us to talk about. So I think a good place to start, Chris, if it would be okay, would just be to ask you, why is the members' pathway so integral to the success of the UJLE strategy? The members' pathway brings together a series of good practices from across UJLE that's been documented by working with provincial and metropolitan teams to identify how best we can shape the future of Freemasonry. It's a central resource that's made available so that all brethren can come together and shape the future of their lodges and help grow masonry into the future. I'm sure listeners, I would hope that listeners have have at least heard of the Members' Pathway. And if you haven't listened to that episode of Season 1, in fact, if you haven't listened to all episodes in Season 1, firstly, (laughs) what on earth are you doing? Secondly, uh, please do go and listen. But I would hope you would have some sort of knowledge or, or at least have heard of the Members' Pathway. But for those listeners perhaps who aren't Freemasons, Chris, or those that are new into Freemasonry, could you just give a quick overview about what it is, why it exists, and how people can use it? Located on a website that UJLE has called Bugle is the core content, but you don't have to just go to Bugle to find it. You'll find within your province or metropolitan an array of documents in hard and soft copy that help you navigate the members' pathway. And at the core, we have four areas. We have plan, attract, engage, and retrieve. Mm -hmm. And each of those areas go into detail about different aspects of how a lodge runs works and how you engage with the brethren connected to it Mm. and for that we see in planning how a lodge works what structures are going on with progressions of officers with how we've learnt of when members come in when members leave what have been triggers and how a lodge can work smarter and better but also how we can plan for the future and make sure we've got materials where we can attract new brethren and when we say new brethren we don't just mean young brethren it's brethren of any age as well which is a really key and important thing Mm. but it's also to dispel the fact that the members pathway isn't about just getting people in it's also about keeping members engaged and helping them have fun and enjoyment with their freemasonry and this is where we come onto the engage hub where we focus on not just personal learning and guided learning so it's not just the stuff that you do in the temple wandering around um, doing the different bits of ceremonies it's also what you can learn an uh, esoterical level but also the friendships and the bonds that you can make Mm. and what comes out of that as well and those connections absolutely i I think also the thing the the thing for me and one of the main connections between the members pathway and the strategy is this yes if rather than no because attitude and there are a number of features within the members pathway that that very much encourages that as as a sort of central point so you know thinking for example about multiple candidate ceremonies for example let's start there how does the members pathway deal with that and how does it encourage lodges to embrace the idea of of doing multiple candidate ceremonies well that starts at the beginning when we actually look at um, how we're attracting candidates in 
mm. and the fact that we don't want big, scary interview boards. Yeah. So in <laughs> in in the briefing documents that we've got for the members' path, we explain actually that an interview should only be done by three or four members mm. as an interview committee, and then they can recommend that candidate to the lodge as a whole for initiation. Mm. Whereas back in the day, it used to be you'd sit around a big table and you'd see 12 people looking at you, taking it in turns to answer questions, and you felt you were going for a job rather than joining something that was going to be a hobby and seeing your friends. And that was one of the first key parts of that yes-if that we were turning around. From there, it's looking at the future of Freemasonry and how we're sustainable. And the reality is that we're doing a great job in many areas, attracting new people in. Mm. And with the number of people who want to come and join us, we have to find better ways to engage with them. And there's no point telling someone, oh, yeah, we'd love you to join our lodge, but there's a 12-month waiting list. Absolutely. And multiple ceremonies have been something that's been going on for decades. It's nothing new. And around the time of the First World War, there was lots of documentation of six and 12 candidates being done in certain lodges mm. as uh, military veterans got together and wanted to join that, those lodges and have that camaraderie that they'd had for, through warfare. I actually feel like um, multiple candidate ceremonies create quite a unique bond as well between the candidates that have gone through that ceremony. It's quite an intimidating or scary thing when you first come in and you don't know what's going on. Maybe you don't know many members of the lodge. But to have that shared experience with somebody else in that moment, I think that creates a sort of a lifelong, deeper bond between those two or three people. I've seen it work quite well in a university lodge that I'm a member of. I'm sure Stephen's seen it in his as well. Yeah, and, and I would add to that, actually, recently, at the time of recording, there was a meeting of Gavel Lodge, which is a lodge in the province of Northumberland, and they they were going to initiate 10 Someone didn't turn up, so they actually initiated nine candidates. Wow. Mm. And the assistant grandmaster, Stephen Varley, was there, you know, and, and we're covering it in FMT and all sorts because the the feedback from the ceremony has been that it was amazing. I mean, it was, mm. you, you'd lost nothing from the ceremony and, and even, you know, and, and each, you know, even as, as, as an initiate, you know, you don't, you don't lose anything. It, it's it's we had six it's at, a great at, our universe, at my university large mm. Staffordshire yeah. um, and I mean it's something that I often say in other provinces that are and, and districts that are not uh, haven't got a university lodge they don't haven't had that experience certainly shy away from multiple ceremonies and I think I always think that it's not better or worse it's just a different experience and that bond is something that you can't get from anything else in masonry to go through uh, I think we were talking earlier, as you said, to partner in crime, you know, to go through that with somebody and that whole journey, I think, is is really important. And there's a, there's a second part to that, isn't there, Chris, in terms of it's a good problem to have right, if you have a backlog mm. of, of candidates. Within the members' pathway, is there advice for lodges who want, who perhaps need a little bit of help from another lodge to help them get people through a second degree, for example, if their mother lodge has too much work that they need to do, etc., just so they're not waiting for a long extended period of time mm. to continue their uh, journey. So not in the current version. I say that because we are currently looking at what we're going to do to the update of the members' pathway. And for anyone out there who's listening to this and going, I've just got the materials out to my provincial team. I've got my lodges <laughs> understanding what's going on. Are they going to change it all? No, we're not going to flip the members' pathway on its head. It's still going to be the same format. But just like uh, Apple and various other providers do strategic updates to their operating system, it's going to be members' pathway version 2.1. Yeah. 
uh, as we tweak some areas. And some of these have come in as a result of the new strategy, but also by listening to the good practice and how brethren and their lodges are applying the members' pathway. And some of that is helping work on supporting examples of good practice in how to conduct multiple ceremonies mm. um, as has been highlighted not every province has a university scheme lodge yeah. so it gives an opportunity to let brethren see that and i know that with the the work that the rulers have been doing to communicate that out in provinces mm. the the focus on just saying yes if to multiple ceremonies has really become core now certainly within london i found as a london mason that the idea of farming out seconds to daughter lodges or sister lodges when they don't have any work on is a really effective way to help when you have a, a pipeline of, uh, of fellow crafts and master masons mm. and working through. Obviously, you can't farm out an initiation because if someone's initiated, yes. that becomes their lodge. But certainly fellow crafts and master masons have that option. And, and we did a, a what I thought was a really touching thing in my mother lodge where one of the guys I was at uni with he was initiated into my lodge because we'd known each other for a long time. His dad was actually a senior member in another province. Mm. And we went and did his second and his third in the temple where his father and his grandfather had been oh, Freemasons. Okay. And mm. we all came down for the weekend and it was a really great family environment. So it's mm. about celebrating Freemasonry and having fun as well. Yeah. But it also took the pressure off us as we had six other candidates who needed to do their seconds. This is it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, bringing it back to, we were talking about the um, the journey of Freemasonry, if you have a double, you know, if you have multiple candidates, is that partly why it's called the member's pathway? Is it all to do with that journey um, that you're going through? I assume that, you know, because I think a lot of people aren't clear on why it's called the member's pathway, not just membership plan or whatever. That's a brilliant question, and it's so great that we've got people actually connecting the dots. Because <laughs> that means that you won't forget where the apostrophe goes when you write it. <laughs> I bet people will still apostrophe, Chris. Um, um, well, one of the things you talked about earlier, Chris, which actually really resonated with me when I first read the Quick Start Guide, was the emphasis on attraction, but not necessarily just young. And it actually says that in the Quick Start Guide, because I think that Freemasonry has something to offer to people of all ages and all generations, absolutely. whatever point in their life that they're at and I think sometimes we can and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well fall into a trap of thinking that attraction equals youth and I, I think there's a lot of stuff in the planning part of the documents as well and some of the supporting documents to talk about the makeup of the lodge and, and, and how the lodge feels as well yes um, developing that understanding of what makes your lodge unique because every lodge has certain factors that make it stand out more looking at those and seeing what opportunity you've got to uh, capitalise on those in terms of messaging and looking at what audiences you could attract in um, is, is a key, key area within that. But look, certainly what we've found, and I found very humbling as someone who's still in my 40s, busy and working, was that certain el uh, elder or more senior brethren that have been involved in the Members Pathway pointed out that when you retire you can sometimes have a void and you're looking for something. And actually, Freemasonry can be that natural thing. It's, I was fortunate I came into Freemasonry in my 20s, so I, it's, it's been there. But for many people, they can, they can finish work having had a busy or intense career, whatever they're doing, and suddenly they've got this spare time. And actually, Freemasonry helps them connect with a new social group, fills that gap, and, and gives them a network that they may be missing. Uh, and 
you were saying before about farming out candidates, something that's important in the members' pathway is um, visiting, of course, uh, because we gain so much experience from from seeing how every lodge has its own um, niche uh, ways of doing things and and traditions, uh, or as uh, someone in my university lodge likes to say, uh, tradition is something that a mistake that was just continually repeated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Today's today's mistake becomes tomorrow's tradition. but yeah, so could you yeah tell us a little bit about why why that's so important, of course, uh, to to the members' pathway? Yeah, so visiting is a way to learn, and it's part of our. When you look at the Engage Hub section, you've got personal learning, you've got guided learning. By actually going out, you see the nuances, the variants of traditions, or mistakes that have just snuck into being accepted practice that go on, and this can be from seeing the ritual of the ceremony of the candles from how the candles are put out and lit at the start of the meeting to seeing the different ways that the tracing boards are turned round, be it the uh, the senior deacon and the junior deacon almost playing like Pac-Man <laughs> as they're in the lodge or they're on they're on a, a swizzling like Sabutio table in the <laughs> middle. Um, all the different bits that go on like that or the different music that's used. Mm. We're, we're very fortunate we have some lodges that don't sing and when you hear the brethren try and do the opening and closing ode, you're very grateful that they don't do any other <laughs> singing. But then you hear some, and it's amazing. There's uh, the song for the initiate, the song for the master, and you you sound like you could be in a, a choir room. It really is good fun. But the, that joy really typifies the ultimate thing of what Freemasonry is. It's not just about being in one lodge and having that group of people as a network. We're a a bond of brotherhood we're a, f- a large family and it's it's that that you're able to celebrate through visiting in the same way as coming here today and meeting you guys and having a chat mm. why is it important if you're a lodge member listening why is it important to to our listeners specifically um how is it relevant to them as an individual member of this organization so the members pathway has been developed by ugle but actually its ownership and its use is for everyone in UGLE, it's our members' pathway, yep. and that's a journey of how we attract people in, how we engage and retain them, and also how we can help people rediscover their Freemasonry if we've got members who've left for whatever reason. Um, do we still keep them on the Lodge WhatsApp group? Do we send them a Christmas card? Do we send them a New Year's card? Do we do we invite them to the summer barbecues? All these different things. Yeah, and as a Lodge member. The future of your lodge depends on you turning up, having fun, taking part, substituting for officers if there's not someone there. Enjoying your masonry at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And that's one of the reasons why in the Engage section... One of the threads is actually called fun and enjoyment Mm. because you shouldn't feel a burden to turn up to your lodge. Mm. There may be some times where you've got a big bit of ritual or you're the secretary and you've got all the annual returns to do that you actually question your life choices in the 20 (laughs) minutes before the meeting starts. Mm. But when it finishes and you're there with everyone, it's, it's a group of friends and that's what it's about. And so often that can be get forgotten, um, especially in some lodges where people think tradition rules. Yeah. Um, we we are an organisation of timeless tradition and a bond of friendship, but we need to bring that together in a way that makes everyone feel included. And that's why the key thing of the strategy is yes, if, not no, because comes into place. And the members' pathway is a route where we've worked through all the good practice that we can find, and we're still looking for more, and use that as a framework to help people go into their lodge and say, actually, 
here it is, it's written down, it's recommended by UGLE, this is a yes if, mm. let's go do it. And it should help all brothers to turn around and shape the future of their lodges. It's funny you talk about it being written down because I believe we've uh, recently produced something to help lodges in, in, in a non-digital form um, to work through the members' pathway. Chris, if you could talk to us a bit about that. Yes. So one of the things that um, a lot of people say when you say, we'd like you to do something is, well, where do we start? And so we came out the idea of let's produce a series of trifold leaflets um, that can be handed out to lodges, and we have something that we call the Lodge Membership Team. And the whole idea is that the secretary, the DC, the membership officer, the mentor, the worship master, and the Lodge Membership Officer will come together as a team, and they will help guide the delivery of the members' pathway for that lodge. Primarily, they'll be focused on lodge planning, but they'll also be involved in the other areas as well. And... How do you know what to do? Where do you start with a lodge plan? Where do you start? Where do you do these bits? As people get their head around the members' pathway, it's very easy to understand. But for those who are new to it or facing challenges, there is simply a question of: Have you got your lodge succession plan? Do you know who's going to be in what office for the next three years? If you haven't, when are you going to get this document created? Who's going to have responsibility for looking after it? And when are you next going to review it? And it's very easy, simple questions that go on that basis, and it acts as a prompt. It's not compulsory that it has to be done, but the more you use these items, the more chance you have of a strong and successful and growing lodge. So we've spoken about why it's important to Freemasonry, why it's important to individual members. One thing we haven't really touched on is quite a few of our listeners are non-members. So how is it relevant to our non-member listeners, and why is this an important topic for them? Within the Attract Hub of the Members' Pathway, we ask brethren uh, in their lodges to think about how best we can explain our Freemasonry to them, to our audience. And we use a lot of internal messaging and words that can be traditional and perhaps antiquated to people in the street. We have a reason for using them. And I know you've done several podcasts where you're, you're talking about that and where they come. Mm-hmm. And I can see a fishbowl that's been used in the past for various <laughs> things as well. Uh, where, about the, that. <laughs> <laughs> where that's come up. But it's, it's about making sure we have a clear and easy way for people to discover what Freemasonry is about, but also to help people who have recently joined be an exponent to their friends and family. Because one of the biggest successes we can have is being proud of our Freemasonry. And when someone joins, they're still trying to figure out what's going on and what the different white aprons Mm. mean and who's got these rosettes and why has this person got what looks like loads of scrambled egg on their collar um, (laughs) and how it all comes together. And the reality is it's a journey and it can take us years to find out. But the more we can make it easy to understand... The, the more we reduce the barriers and we stop any prejudice or misconceptions. Thank you, Chris. I think that's been a really useful explanation. I think one sort of final question from me. Imagine I'm a you know a, a Freemason who's a member of one lodge and I am keen to use the member's pathway to benefit my lodge. What would your advice be to me? Contact your provincial or metropolitan team Yep. Speak with your VO or lodge visiting friend or however it's called in your province mm. and ask them. But also 
before you start to jump onto that, speak to your secretary, speak to your worship master, find out if there's a plan that you don't know about. If they say, oh, it's in hand, ask if you can see it. Ask if you can be involved. If you get a more negative, no response, um, go visit some other lodges, see what they're doing. If there's a uh, light blues club and you're of an age where you... Uh, where it fits within membership of the Light Blues Club, you've not got a dark blue apron, get involved in that. If you're in a lodge and you are in dark blue and you don't know what the member's pathway is, the next uh, mess event you're at, you need to go find out. But for everyone as well, as Freemasons, we all get the First Risings, and quite frequently in the First Risings there's updates on the member's pathway. In Freemasonry today, we always get a nice couple of articles about good practice. And it's great to see Marta smiling as I name-check Freemasonry <laughs> today. But Mark Costello, one of the uh, member's pathway team, writes, collates good practice that we put in there. And it's about making sure it's available in as many ways as possible. But Bugle, UJLE's member's platform, has information. Your province We'll have a load of material that we've provided to it. Um, and there are other resources out there. And worst case scenario, if you can't get anything through any of those results, just email in to UJLE and I'm sure they will send you a link. So essentially, succinctly, read the succinct information provided and then get in touch and get involved as, as much as you want to and can. Yep. And I'm sure as well, to make it really, really easy, that when we do the narrative explaining what this podcast is, we could actually put a link into what we call the Quick Start Guide, which is an interactive digital PDF that will take you to all the information. Mm. So if you actually look in the text for this webinar, you'll be able to use that and it'll take you directly to it. Chris Hurst, Project Manager for the Members Pathway, thank you very much once again for joining us. Thank you. Well, I think that was very interesting. Yeah, I think the members pathway is super critical and as part of the strategy and for anyone who maybe knows about it but hasn't dived in, I'd really seriously recommend going on to b.ugle.org.uk and checking out the quick start guide on there because there is a load of information in there but it's super easy to digest and the first time I read it I learned loads from it as well. Mm, absolutely and as I say, you know, if you are, as Chris said, if you are a member of a lodge and you know, you're struggling or you would like some new members or, you know, you you're, 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 you want to engage more effectively with your existing members, go and read it. You know, there are, it's all there written down for you. It's all, the work has been done. It's been put in tried and tested ways of everything you could possibly want for your, your lodge. Mm. They're waiting for you to use it. So I would really encourage you to, to go and check it out. I think one of the things that's really crucial in this is the, how the officers of the lodge work together. Yeah, we have We have this new yeah. collared role in lodges of the uh, membership officer, and it's not the membership officer's responsibility to run the member's pathway in their lodge. No. They are a stakeholder to work with the master and the mentor and that whole team of people. Someone to drive it. Right, yeah. to make it work, but as a team effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that, you know, you're their the membership officer. Responsibility. Yeah, no, no, no. it's your job to do it. It's a team effort. I think often it falls to the responsibility of the master um, of the lodge and, and that's, you know, the master has enough to do. Mm. And so it's nice to have that designated role of, yeah, certainly a, a very informative episode. Uh, and with thanks, thanks to Chris. Right, chaps. Are we done? Yep. So so with that, obviously, as always, please do get in touch. Podcasts at ugle.org.uk uh, or on Twitter at ugle underscore Grand Lodge. Uh, do get in touch and let us know what you think. 
Uh, if you've got any great ideas for Craftcast, this is the Freemasons podcast. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all soon. Bye, guys. Goodbye. Craftcast, the Freemasons podcast. The podcast is hosted by Sean Butler, Stephen Watley, and James Dalton. The producer is Marta Zandri, and the podcast is edited by Trisonic. Trisonic.